1: Blob Talk Radio Ray and Kay Today Yes,
0: sports radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college, Shooters do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay Today, and I'm Ray, Tal Rayside. And I'm
0: Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is a Friday. Let's talk some sports. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, rayandtaytoday.com, Today at gmail.com. You want to shoot us your final four baseball picks or NFL picks, college picks. We're making picks. But, um, you know, we're social, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the whole nine. Ray, we'll get to the NFL and college football in our segment on the rise, but it's all about baseball. We're about to tip off the ALCS, and now we have the NLCS set up. What did you think about the game? How clutch was Dave Roberts sort of saying, it doesn't matter what people say. I'll bring in Jansen. I'll bring in the setup guy in the third inning. I'll bring in Kershaw to save the game. Two wins and a save. What did you think about the Dodgers pulling it out in Washington?
1: You know, I thought that was huge. Now, the Dodgers are a franchise that's won a lot. You know, they won one in Brooklyn, and then ever since they've been in L.A., they've been known as a, a marquee franchise. But they've been rather unclutch in recent times. Right, obviously the last one they won was the Kirk Gibson and A Kirk Gibson. That's those yeah, great so A teams, yeah. They did their thing. But this team and this squad and they paid $2 they paid two billion for them before it was cool to pay billions for you know, for sports franchises when the Clippers came along. Uh, so this team really needed it. And good for Dave Roberts. Now, you know that's our boy Don Mattingly mm-hmm. that was the coach, uh, that was the manager up until now. But yeah. but you're right. Dave Roberts rolled the dice, bringing in Joe Blanton in the third. Kenley Jansen. You know, people are going to talk about Kershaw. and Kershaw needs a lot of credit. No, the guy yes, got two amazing. wins and a save in a five-game series. I mean, That's pretty unbelievable, especially for a guy who – and even statistically, first couple games didn't. He wasn't his regular season Clayton Kershaw, but he still did enough to win. But he got Kent, a lot of
0: strikeouts though. He had eleven strikeouts in one game, and you know fifty-one he, pitches
1: for yeah. your you know reliever, a guy who use, who usually gets it done in fifteen pitches, twenty pitches, maybe twenty-five max. That was a career high fifty-one pitches, and then Clayton Kershaw. Again, strategically not pitching his bullpen session, just in case he needs to pitch tonight. So not was, doing any stretching, not or doing uh, any throwing. Yeah, so so good for them. And you know the Nats have to feel heartbroken. I mean, they are just can't <laughs> get over the hump. And then Dusty Baker, look at his record. I mean,
0: this Man. guy is
1: just always the bridesmaid. So. I feel for the Nats, but good for the Dodgers. They really needed this, and 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 they took care of business.
0: Yeah, and you know, there's not much you can say about it in the sense that, you know, four three, the longest uh, nine inning playoff game in history, four hours twelve minutes, and that seventh inning took forever. It was almost like an hour, and you know, I think Jock Peterson, you know, different guys came up with you know, uh, you know, Reddick big hits, big timely hitting. But to me, Clayton and Jansen—they were your horses, and it's smart, right? You don't wait, right? Look at Buck Showalter—you don't. You throw your best arms in there to win it. And Dusty Baker sounded—I hate to say it—but he sounded so old school and almost stupid in the post uh, press conference when he was like. Oh, I bet Jansen and Kershaw are gonna be kinda of out of it for the, you know, next series against the Cubs for the first, you know, game or two. And it's like, yeah, but they're there and you're home, so what are you saying? Like I mean yeah, I couldn't believe he actually made that a, statement. And
1: especially <laughs> especially given that the next series is best of seven. So yeah, if you lift somebody today. Would you lose? Would you sacrifice? And, and nobody's sacrificing, right? Their offense could carry them. It's possible, but let's say they lose. Would you sacrifice a game one in a best of seven series to win 100% of the time? So I, yeah, I, I you're right. I, I and don't guess what? Kershaw
0: it. could go, Ray. He could go game three and seven, which I think he's probably going to do. You know, I don't know if they announced the game one starter yet, but. You know, it's probably going to be Lester against, you know, what they already used, Kershaw and Hill. So whoever their third, I don't know who's going to be their third guy. But, you know, they're going to have Kershaw probably for, I don't think he'll be able to pitch Sunday, you know. So I would say I don't he'll know probably pitch. Two
1: batters is going to, you know, totally crush Kershaw. You know what I mean? It's more. But dancing. he just pitched
0: the game before, though, the day before, though.
1: No, I know. But he would have thrown something so. that day, just just even if just stretch his arm out.
0: You think he makes it for game two? I mean, maybe they keep him for two and then six. six. See, I mean, I, I in some ways, I almost want to take him on the road, right? You start off the first two Chicago, let him be game three in Chicago, and then have him back for six on three days rest or game seven. It's going to be fascinating how they set it up. Tonight, though, Ray, let's talk about the AL because Cubs-Dodgers – I kind of feel, I hate to say it, but I kind of feel like the Cubs will win this in five. The Dodgers have the offense. I don't love the pitching, and I don't know if they'll always be able to get to Jansen. But the the Dodgers' bats, to me, have been a little inconsistent. So I guess if I'm, I'm looking at it, I think the Cubs are going to start to heat up, and I think they exhale after beating the Giants, and I think they win in five, maybe six, over the Dodgers. What do you got from
1: Yeah, on that? I I agree a hundred percent. I there's nothing I, I out there to lead me to believe anything differently, especially because of not not to Dusty Baker's point, but especially because Clayton Kershaw <laughs> won't be pitching, you know, one, four and seven. They they would need a Madison Bumgarner type performance where one guy Oof. is so good he wins two games in the series and then you scrap together two more wins because the Cubs are just a better team all around, offense, defense and, and, and obviously with Aroldis Chapman on the back end He was a little shaky so far in the playoffs But I still like him I still think he's the, he's the shut him down closer And you know People don't give Hendricks enough credit But the, but their rotation, Arietta And Hendricks And, and uh, uh, obviously starting with the lefty John Lester
0: Yeah, yeah. That, that's
1: too much <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they swept them But I'll say like you, five or six
0: Yeah, I think it'll be five Now this is fascinating because you've got, you know, Kluber going against uh, Estrada. Now, game one, now the Indians are the home team, right? They had the better record. Blue Jays are kind of hot, but this Indian team, they're kind of hot too. People forget they also swept and in some ways swept the Boston team that didn't have a better record than the Rangers, but people were more threatened or afraid of. And they took care of them, boom, boom, boom. Indians have a nice little mojo. Now, you you heard about your boy with the drone, so he's going to go to game three, Bauer, which is just ridiculous. Um, But could potentially, if his finger's fine, you know, they stitched it up, Ray, if it's okay, maybe game three on the road, Bauer might be um, exactly what they need. So what are you thinking with the Indians and Blue Jays? Do you like the Blue Jays with Estrada game one? I mean, obviously he did big things against the Rangers game one, but – who do you favor in this series and why?
1: I'm going to have to go against what I typically believe in, which is defense, small ball, pitching wins in these series. And the Toronto Blue Jays, they have been running the bases pretty well, but they're essentially banging the ball, you know, the the cover off the ball. So Corey Kluber's there. Uh, I think Cleveland really is hurt by the fact that they lost a couple starters in the regular season. They lost Salazar. Carlos Carrasco and Danny Salazar. So imagine if uh, they had them back in the rotation. Obviously Brantley and Gomes. So so oof. Terry Francona has just done an unbelievable job. I mean, it, it's Amazing. unbelievable. This team is <laughs> so good. Where they're at? And, yeah, and they won. Uh, what did they win? Like ninety two games. I mean, that that's just crazy. Um, so I. This Cleveland team has surprised me all year, and again, I'm scared of the teams that hit home runs because you could get shut down, and not only do you get shut down, you get frustrated, and you start. And they over- have Andrew
0: Miller, Ray, just like you said, Chapman. They got Miller, who we see he can come in whenever, however, whoever, and do whatever.
1: Yep. Big <laughs> lefty. Uh, you know, he was doing big things for us in the Bronx. I still feel like the Toronto Blue Jays have something special going on. And Donaldson do. and Encarnacion and Batista and and Russell Martin and and even the small ball and Pilar and playing some defense Troy. Kind of Troy wants to get the series to Lewitsky with yeah. his injuries and, and, and coming close and you know sniffing it in Colorado and then sniffing it last year in in Toronto, So I, I think the Toronto Blue Jays do enough. I think they win in six. Uh, I think the shaky shaky pitching on both sides. I mean, Corey Kluge obviously the best pitcher, you know, on both teams. But I, I just don't think that – I think these games are going to have a lot of offense, actually. I think they're going to be uh, like 6-4, 7-5 type games. So who like the Blue Jays in a closed series but 4-2? to two.
0: I like the Indians tonight. But I agree with you. I think the Blue Jays win in six. I think the Blue Jays split, and then, you know, they, you know, maybe go up 3-1, and, you know, the Indians get a second game. But I I agree. 4-2, it's going to be six games. I just think exactly what you said. And clutch pitching, but I think their bats, even though they're, you know, home run strikeouts, they also have some, I mean, there's some veteran guys. And I think when, when a push comes to shove and Donaldson and Troy and Joey Bass and, and Garcian and Martin, who's been struggling, he's got to step it up. I just think they'll be able to pull it out. So I agree. It's six games. So let's get to it, man. Let's, 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 let's introduce it the proper way. Cause last night we saw some
1: stuff and. You're now listening. The NFL Talk. Ray, 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 Ray. Woo!
0: Oh yeah, we're back. Was that we're
1: explosion back
0: to- the heart of Mike McCoy, Ray? Because Philip Rivers and the Chargers might have saved his job. What did you think about that and just how they almost lost another game at the end with the onside kick and how it all played out? What happened last night, (laughs)
1: man? Mike McCoy probably saved his job, at least for the season. Now, it's unclear to me if San Diego really was going to fire him or that was just a rumor that they put out there, maybe to see if the team would respond and rally around him. I wouldn't put it past any football team to play games like that with the media.
0: Exactly, because too many injuries, right? He doesn't deserve to be fired. Let's be honest. There's no team in the league in the last two years that's been more injured than the Chargers. It's brutal. All the guys. Yeah, you got to
1: figure it to yourself if you lose their best offensive <laughs> weapon in or most versatile guy in Danny Woodhead, they're budding, you know, All Pro caliber number one receiver And Keenan Allen. Remember, he should have been a first round pick. He had some issues as a senior, got hurt hurt his leg, actually, as a junior. And then Manti Teo, who's starting to step up and, and yeah. you know, took up that role as the defensive captain, lose all three of them. And then, remember, like we said last time, with two minutes oh, to go. Oh, Stevie Johnson,
0: ooh, Verrett on the corner. Sure. You know, it goes with on and on.
1: Were, <laughs> with two minutes to go, they were, f- what was it, 4 0 one So a little bit of execution, a little bit of bad luck, now going into this game you thought to yourself, all right, Denver is the defending champs. They've got Simeon back, he was on a roll. They obviously have their skilled players. Now defensively and rushing the passer and, Denver's and let's not say Tay right? right? Tay yep. did
0: call this.
1: Where where shy is of their, Jackson is uh is obviously a bigger loss than than maybe everybody thought and so you know, their their front four isn't what it used to be. But having said that, back to Mike McCoy, Denver's still a very tough team. I mean, they're 4-2 now, but, but you've got to play a pretty decent game to beat Denver. Denver's not going to beat themselves because this kids, Simeon's at the very least, he doesn't really beat himself. Uh, so Mike McCoy and the, and the squad came out. Look, they were the better team for 60 minutes, but two big mistakes, and they almost lost the game. So I think if you want to look the glasses half full, you say to yourself, we're in all of our games we could be any we're two and four. We could be anything from, you know, five and one to two and four. So we got a couple of bad breaks and we're two and four. But if you are the San Diego Chargers, you're also looking up at yourself, wait a minute, Denver's four and two and by the way, their quarterback is still Paxton Lynch or Trevor Simeon. Simeon so yeah, I'm not afraid not of all that. that. Right? And then the mm-hmm. Oakland Raiders, they don't have a history of winning. They're four and one. So if they win this week, they'll be five and one. So so that's impressive. But let's say they go to four and two. So if Oakland and, and, and Denver go to four and two, Kansas City's in the middle, you're two and four. You're thinking to yourself, you know what? We still have a chance. We still have a chance. And the AFC Yeah, I wouldn't bury class. I wouldn't bury
0: them yet. I would not, you know I, you I would not bury up them uppers? yet. And, yes. And wait, wait, let's give him props because he passed our boys, the all-time Chargers passing leader, on his way to Canton. I truly believe that about Phillip. He passed Dan Fouts, all-time Chargers yards leader. That that right there is a mouthful. Yes, that's a mouthful right there because you know how we feel about Dan Fouts. And he did it in the powder blue jerseys, which makes it nice too. So – Let's get to these picks, man. We have uh, some pretty decent games this week, and we're going to start off with we're on to Cincinnati. And, yes, this time they are, but they're hosting them at home. The big party, Brady back in New England, nine-and-a-half point favorites. I'm going to stab at this one first, Ray. This is this is rough because I for is not coming back, and – I'm, I'm not sure how Jeremy Hill's still feeling. I think the Bengals are, this this is their season. And I hate to say that. It's kind of like, you know, so early to say these things. But if you keep losing and losing and you never win a big game and you never win at any of these teams on your level or better than you, it starts to chip away and these injuries are adding up. And I just think it's all or nothing for them. And right now, you know, maybe they still salvage a wild card spot, but – you know, like you said, Raiders, Chiefs, other teams are, are doing things, and the Bengals are, you know, falling away. Buffalo could be solidifying their wild card spot. You know, I think the Patriots win, and I'm back and forth if they cover the the, the points, and I'm going to say that they actually that they don't. Originally thought that they would, but I'm going to say that they don't. The Patriots win 30 to 21, and I think a healthy diet of Gronk and Bennett. And a little bit of Julian and Amadola is, is going to challenge the Bengals, who have a decent secondary. But I think Brady's going to dink and dab them and spread them out, and it's going to be too much.
1: 30-21. So I agree. I think that the Bengals need to game more, but Belichick is still Belichick. Brady, he's not going to be as fired up as he was last week, his first game back from the Flake, but he'll still be fired up. I think it'll be a good game, a very good game. But ultimately, you're right. I think the Patriots put the dagger in their heart. And for all you Bengals fans, including me, who picked them to go deep in the playoffs, you just uh, you got to chalk it up to we'll see you next year. So I think the one thing that keeps it close is that the Patriots can't really play from ahead in the traditional sense of running the ball, right? They still have to throw the ball from ahead. the Garrett Blunt, and but, but James White's a, a pass-catching runner, so they don't have that traditional, I'm just going to, you know, take the air out of the ball. So maybe it gives it gives uh, Cincinnati a chance to, to keep, you know, keep increasing the number of possessions that they have. But I'm going to say similarly. Patriots win. But I think it's a close game, actually. I think Patriots are going to win 27-23.
0: Well, originally I wasn't going to say let's pick this game, but it's fascinating because Cam Newton and Jonathan Stewart are coming back and they're at New Orleans. They're favored by two and a half. Both these teams, it's kind of do or die for their seasons. And in the NFC South, the Falcons, you know, we'll get to that in a minute. They've got a tough game, but they're looking really good. I'm going to say the Panthers right the ship and then we say goodbye to Drew Brees and the Saints for another season. Um, on the road, and to me, part of their destruction has been not having Jonathan Stewart. People don't realize how valuable he is. You know, you get a couple little yards from fozzy Whitaker and, and Cam Riss, Artist Payne, but he's not Big Daddy Kane yet, and Jonathan Stewart is Big Daddy Stewart. <laughs> so to me, I think they run it. Cam gets himself together, doesn't take bad shots. And he finally gets it to Olsen and Benjamin the way they need to. And I think the Panthers actually, I think they win this 27-21 over the Saints.
1: So if I said to you, both of these teams are struggling, <laughs> one and four, one and three. And I said to you, one of these teams is going to win and right to ship. Can that be the Saints? I don't think so. I just think that the Saints are done. I think as a franchise they're done. We'd like to – now, even though he's got a family and he's got roots, I think it's time we're going to start the campaign to free Drew Brees. And now Drew Brees him has Phillip, a title. Right? <laughs> well, I was about to say, that, that, that's where I was going. Drew Brees has a title. So so if Drew Brees went off into the sunset and played two more years in, in New Orleans, three more years in New Orleans, and just put up stats and started to get up there in the record books, you know, approaching Favre and, and, and he and Brady are going to start approaching, you know, Favre and Peyton territory in terms of touchdowns and yards and all that stuff because 5,000-yard right. seasons add up, then you can't be mad at him, but... Phillip Rivers needs to needs to make a run for the championship. So, I just think that New Orleans is done. Carolina is so much better of a team and they're just going to take it out on them. I think they're actually going to come in and play big Willie on them and they'll win 33-23 and their season's done. New Orleans is done.
0: Fascinating NFC East battle. These teams are actually have been winning unlike the Giants, but the Eagles, Redskins and Cowboys have been doing it. The Eagles are favored one and a half over the Skins, and, you know, you could say this is going to be a battle for first place, I mean, depending on what happens with Dallas. Um, I just think that the Eagles' defense is showing and proving that with not having Chip Kelly in that offense that has them exposed and on the field, that their defense is pretty darn good, and I think – the running backs, whether it's Smallwood or Matthews or Sproles, they're, they're being productive. And Carson Wentz is very solid. I think they, they showed well at Detroit. It was a tough game. They could have won. They didn't. But I don't think the Skins have that savvy. Um, it might be a little bit of a shootout, but I think at the end of the day, they actually cover the one and a half, and the Eagles beat the Skins 28-26. And I think uh, Jordan Matthews. Has uh, a good day Whether it's against Norman Or your other cornerback That uh, everybody's been abusing
1: <laughs> Oh Breland
0: Yeah it's, uh, see, And I think Sprozy gets a little loose too
1: See I, I want to disagree there I think that Washington is one of those teams That They've been through some adversity And they've played Some games they kind of had their ups and downs in the beginning of the season. I think Philly, frankly, is overrated. I think when when Carson Wentz's tape comes out, like any rookie, right? I think in the long run he'll, he'll probably be, he looks like he'll be pretty good. I think I I underestimated how good he'll be, but right now I still think that that you can maybe get to him. And like you said, I, I think it's it's a shootout, and I want to see him win a shootout. Uh, I think that uh, Cousins has all those weapons, and. Ultimately, the the team with the ball last, I think, is going to win. And I think that's going to be the Washington Redskins. And I think they'll win 31-29 mm, in a huge point. offensive game. That's right. And and the player of the week in that game, Jordan Reed. Just Ron Stubbs. Oh, he's out. Huh? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. So that means Kirk yeah. Cousins going to find other players. That's right. So you I know mean, what? That's my problem, man. No, I know, but I've played without him before. He's actually for a really good player. He gets hurt a lot, and so uh, you know it, it'll be it'll be more difficult. I'll still take him. I'll say Kirk Cousins spreads the ball out. Then I'll say Kirk Cousins is your offensive. To Pierre
0: Garçon. <laughs> well, let's get to the Chiefs. Yeah, man. You know, hey, that was big, man. Him and Francois and give Daniel Snyder a lot of credit, you know. I, I definitely have been on him as a not a great owner and, and, you know, doing a little bit of the buying the wrong pieces and stuff like that and maybe needing to change the name, but charity like that is always needed and important and I think that's that's big stuff doing that with his players and helping Haiti. Matthew has put a hammer on a lot of people in the different islands and and even here in the Carolinas. So we got the Chiefs at the Raiders. This is huge, right? Believe me, it's huge. Because the Broncos losing, these two teams need to find a way to Chiefs get back in the picture a little bit more and the Raiders to stretch their legs out and and, 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 and enjoy the, the AFC West lead and potentially win a division. That's right, I said it. So one and a half points, they're at home. They play better on the road the last couple of years. But this is a different Raider team. The defense has been struggling. Andy Reid is like 14-2 and two off a of bye week. So Jamal Charles says the training wheels are off, and they're going to be ready. The problem is the Chiefs' defense has not played great, and I think the Raiders are ready too because Crabtree has found his niche. The quarterback and Carr trust him. The running backs are all stepping up and using different ones, whether it's Washington or Murray or this one or that one. And, um, you know, Cooper and Crabtree are one of the best dynamic duels in the game. Now they're going against Mark, you know, Marcus Peters, the rookie or sophomore who you know, gets a lot of NTs, but he also can get burnt because the Steelers burnt him up too. And I think the Raiders outscore the Chiefs. And they cover the one and a half point spread. They win this one, thirty-one twenty-seven, and probably the most entertaining game of the weekend.
1: Wow. And it's all
0: about Cooper. Cooper gives me like a buck fifteen and a touchdown.
1: Like he's back in Tuscaloosa.
0: Bama, Let me ask roll t- time. T-
1: Can you roll t- tight? Can you imagine that these Los Angeles, formerly Raiders, actually they were Oakland, L.A., Oakland. These Oakland Raiders can <laughs> really, one. really be five and one and lead that division and, and basically put their stamp on the early part of the. Se- I mean, they'd the story of the season in the AFC. It'd probably be them. Everything in says AFC.
0: that they shouldn't win this game.
1: Everything says the Chiefs
0: got them where they want them. You know what I mean? Everybody's pointing to the Chiefs.
1: I and I am. I think too. it's time. I, I just. Uh. I want it in my heart. You know what? And I picked them to go 9-7 and, and, and compete for the playoffs. I'd love to see the Raiders do their thing. In fact, we put a tweet out earlier to Rich Gannon. Is it is it time for the Raiders to go 5-1 and one and be in first place in that division? I mean, when was the last time that happened? Uh, you know, Probably didn't happen since the 2002 Super Bowl when they lost to... With Rich Gannon. <laughs> with Rich Gannon, exactly. So... Mm-hmm. I just don't know that they're ready. And the best player on the field is still Jamal Charles when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. So, if he's healthy, like you said, training wheels are off. Khalil
0: Mack, Khalil Mack might have something to say about that.
1: He, he might, but you know what? He's had a disappointing season a little bit. I mean, especially considering I had him right up there for defensive player of the year.
0: Right, pre-season. he has not been
1: that. So exactly. he's been he's been okay, but, but remember he yeah. was uh, was it number two number three picking a draft, so th- that's high billing for him. I just don't think Oakland's ready. I think that maybe next year you rolling, rolling, like rolling with also Andy. Rolling with Andy, he's like rush management.
0: You rolling with Andy? Also, the
1: week. Your boy Alex Smith, because you know he's not my boy, but <laughs> I'll say good enough when you have Jamal Charles on your team. And uh, I'll take the Raiders in a close one, but I'll say 27-24.
0: Now we go out to 27-23? 27-24. Okay, okay. Now we go out to the coffee land where it's going to be windy, rainy, and wild. Six and a half point favorite are those Seahawks. The Falcons have been out there. They didn't come back to the dirty south. They stayed out west. And maybe being out there for a week and kind of being in the environment and stuff can really help them. They've come off of beating two Super Bowl teams, facing another team that just was smelling the Super Bowl the last couple of seasons. Could this Falcon team go on this type of run of beating the Panthers, Broncos, and Seahawks? Heck no. Stop it. Stop it. They are good, but they're not that good. I'm going to tell you, not only did the Seahawks win, they covered a a six-and-a-half-point spread. I think what's going to happen here is your boy Sermon is going to go with Julio and travel. They've already said that. But they're not going to be able to get that much from Freeman and Coleman, and then that pass rush is going to get to them. And Russell Wilson showed me so much in that Jet game with playing injured. Now he's had the bye week to rest. Being the Jets, what, 27-17, in a game where he was hobbled and didn't have all his weapons, everybody's kind of healthy. Jimmy Graham is getting better. They're becoming more cohesive. I think they win 27-20, cover the spread, and I think Doug Baldwin goes off. I think Dougie B. and Jimmy Graham both get a passing touchdown, and maybe Russell. Maybe Russell's the player of the game, even in the wind. Maybe he throws for 250 throws two touchdowns, and runs for a touchdown. So I'll give it to Russell, last name Wilson. I think you said
1: it perfectly, but I think the most important thing you said was that they're coming off the bye week. I think you give a defense like that that extra week to prepare for one opponent, and the one opponent is not that dynamic, but they just get it done, they execute, you know, they're not fooling you, so it's not, you don't have to deal with trickery, you just have to deal with straight up mano a mano execution, and it's hard to do that against the Saints, right, You, uh, sorry, against the Seahawks defense, you need to either outpower them, or you need to outspeed them, but you're not really going to trick them, so I have a feeling that they can shut this Falcons team down, or at least, calm them down and this falcons team that was scoring you know prolifically and there's going to be no 12 for 300 uh, julio jones performances here and you're right i I think the key is running if they can run the ball falcons could actually win the game but i have this notion that that front four and then the front seven is going to stop the Falcons, and they're going to be under duress. And Matty Ice, like we say, when he's out of the pocket, when he's under duress, when things aren't beautiful around him, things negative things happen. And I think there'll be a couple of turnovers. And I think the Seahawks, in even in any conditions, win this game. And, again, coming off the bye, I think, is the clincher. So I think the Seahawks win 30 to – I'll say it's pretty close, 30 to 24.
0: So you're saying even if the sun was shining, it don't matter.
1: It don't matter. This game's in <laughs> Seattle, and Seattle has a bye, so that, that, that's just a, a recipe for disaster for for the Falcons.
0: Well, in the Troy Aikman Buck game of the week, the four and one Dallas Cowboys. How about them
1: Illinois Cowboys? Defense,
0: three and one Green Bay Packers with a much improved defense and potential. Jordy Nelson, Comeback Play of the Year, favored by four and a half. Now, the one thing that the Cowboys are doing really well is controlling the clock and not turning it over, and Ezekiel's been a stud, but the one thing I've noticed is that Green Bay, their defense is actually maybe even better than it was when they won the Super Bowl. I
1: the think, run defense you know, especially, which was Especially the run. To now, year. they don't have
0: Charles Woodson, but... They are definitely – By the way, can you know, we talk about snowing,
1: that a little bit later? Yeah, the ESPN yeah, yeah. crew, we'll, we'll, The new crew?
0: <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But I don't know if Dez, Dez is still, you know, is he playing? Game time decision, questionable, this, that. I don't know if they're going to bring Dez back yet. And I think against Green Bay, he just needs a little bit more firepower than Beasley, Williams, and Wy- And I think Green Bay – And far, far Aaron Rodgers will be able to eat up this playing over their head Cowboy defense. Dak plays well, Elliott plays well, but Rodgers, Nelson, and maybe Devontae Adams play just a little bit better. Eddie Lacey's going to go ankle's banged up. Starks is out. Lacy's feeling a little bit better. He's going to play. Might not be super effective, so look for a big day from Rodgers. I think he puts up 315, three touchdowns, and I think they actually win. And weird score here, 29-20 over the Dallas Cowboys. They cover the spread, and Aaron Rodgers, 315, three touchdowns, is the player of the game. He's a player of the players.
1: How about them Cowboys? How about them Packers? Woo! Four and one, and you could argue that game against the Giants. If they lost, they, they were in that game. So you could they've been yeah. in all five of their games. Could be five and oh. They, frankly. Jack has have playing, earned my
0: respect and earned everybody's respect, definitely.
1: Yes. They've been playing better than the Packers. So if you look yeah. at Dallas and how they've, played during their games you know they've had some stretches but no bad interceptions no bad turnovers ball control like you said very smart heady football I'm going to sound like a broken record here and I am waiting with bated breath for this Green Bay Packers team to put it together especially on offense so you've got Lacey and Starks and Rodgers and, and uh, like you said, the comeback player in Jordy, Devontae Adams and Richard Rodgers and and Randall Cobb and all these guys, they just need to find a way to click. And they've all played with each other. It's not a matter of experience. It's not a matter – I I don't know what it is. It's execution. Maybe it's Mike McCarthy's play calling. Maybe it's a little bit of deception. I don't know what it is. But – At the end of the day, I still have trouble seeing the Cowboys, my Cowboys, playing from behind in Lambeau, under pressure, dizzy Dak, having to make plays. Because like we said, this Packer team plays much better against the run than they have last two, three years, where they were pretty bad. So they're actually... Pretty darn good. I don't have the stats in front of me right now, but I think they're top five, top ten team against the run. So they're definitely stomping the run better. And if they can stomp the run, that means that Dallas is number one weapon, especially given that uh, your boy is out Desi he Des, or even if he's playing, he's not going to be anywhere near 100%. So Packers go up, Packers play from ahead, Dak is going to have to make some plays. Eventually, Dak makes mistakes. He's still a rookie. And in some ways, you know, depending on if you're a Dallas lover, or a Dallas hater, a Romo lover, Romo hater, this is probably the game that decides if Romo plays in two weeks against the Eagles. So if they lose, Romo starts. If they win, <laughs> Romo starts no matter
0: what. No.
1: even if they I win, do. let's say I with thirty do. to twenty.
0: Jerry J- Romo is a son that Jerry never had. It's it's, it's uh, he. He was talking about it today on Rich Eisen. And he's like, "Oh, he's happy for Dak, and everybody's happy." And Dak came out and said the perfect thing this week. Oh, this is Tony's team, and yada, yada, gotta. I don't. I, it, Tony would get the chance; he'd have to come back and struggle, and then he would lose it.
1: Okay. Well, so really look, I think that. I think the scenario it doesn't even play out that way. I think Dallas will have to yeah. struggle to run the ball and struggle to come back from uh, you know from down a couple touchdowns. So I actually think Green Bay puts it on him, and, and Dallas kind of gets gets their first, you know, kind of knockout of the season, and they lose, uh, I'll say pretty big, I'll say 33-17.
0: Okay, I would say let's just go to college, but there's a Sunday night game. It's not worthy of us picking, but because it's Sunday night, everybody will be have to, have to watch it, kind of. Colts at Texans, Texans are favored by three and a half. I think the Colts win this by default. I just think... Luck is that much better than Brock Osweiler. The Colts' defense struggles. Both teams will put up points. I just think the, the Colts wind up winning 26-24 in a weird, dysfunctional game, yo-yoing, and, and both teams have been very disappointing. But I think Andrew Luck, him and Hilton have enough, do enough, and can do enough to outscore the Texans who don't have J.J., and they, they miss him. Their defense is not special enough. So Colts win.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised the Texans are favored. I guess when you're home, you're favored by three. So this is basically a pick 'em. I'll go the other way. I'll say. I'll say, even though Andrew Luck's my man, and I think he's he's awesome, he always seems to turn it over. He always seems to put himself in, in a bad position. And yes, you know does. what, Lamar Miller and maybe this Houston team can play from ahead, forcing Andrew Luck to have a huge fantasy stats. Maybe 354. 400 yards, but maybe a couple interceptions. So I think Houston wins this, wins a a, a real close one. So let's say something like 27-26. Well,
0: let's go to Saturdays. Only three, you know, ranked games battling each other. But the first one's an SEC, and and this is going to be interesting. You know, we both kind of were surprised on Monday when uh, Tennessee was kept in the top ten. I felt like it was. They always do this for these next week matchups, right? Number nine against number one. But I think as much as I love Tennessee, and I, I really wanted them to be Texas A&M, even though I like Texas A&M, uh, the Maggies so much more than I even like Tennessee, I like this version of Tennessee. I like this team. I like the coach. Never been a Tennessee fan. But the problem is they're playing up against one of my two favorite teams. Ray and, and and Tay are all about Michigan and, and Bama and I honestly got to tell you I think this kid hurts keeps impressing me every week he's not turning it over yeah nine touchdowns I didn't
1: know this that he was the what? first true freshman that Nick Saban ever started I, I assume that's a quarterback uh, but sounds, I heard that today
0: yeah yeah sounds it sounds right. That sounds right, you know? I mean, but look at him, the poise. You know, two two uh, INTs, you know, and really one, because the first one was in the beginning, right? And, you know, he's just hes doing what he needs to do, and he's getting first downs. He's moving the clock. I think the Joshua Dobbs kid is a stud, but he's got to stop. He's like second in the nation in interceptions with eight. He's got to stop it, but he's prolific with 14 touchdowns. At the end of the day, between Harris, the offensive line, the defensive line, I'll sound like a broken record, but they travel. I think they lock up Hurd a little bit, and I think Bama just pulls away. So at the end of the day, it's going to be, I'll say, 42-30. to 30. Tennessee, will they'll, they'll score some points now. The Dobbs kid is, is, is special. Um, but Bama wins 42-30. To Too much posse.
1: I can't disagree with that. I think the spread is 14. I think that's about right. Uh, You know, I'm not betting this game, but I think Alabama might even win by more, 17, 18. Uh, They're just just too much. Tennessee, here's the thing. Tennessee has played, of their games, you know, they're five and one. So let's say they've played six games. That's 12 halves. They've probably played, you know, seven good halves and five bad halves of football. I don't think that works against Alabama. Alabama's just too tough. You need to come and play 60 minutes of excellent football against Alabama and Tennessee has a tendency to not do that. So, I think Alabama's just too tough. I think they win fairly easily. I'll go 30 to 16.
0: Yeah. Well, another SEC matchup and and a battle. This is hard for me, right? Because I I, I I'm a supporter of both of these teams in the SEC in terms of I just like the makeup of the quarterbacks. You know, you got to respect the coaches. But number 22 Arkansas is holding, hosting number 12 Ole Miss. And I, I guess I have to admit it. I kind of have a little man crush on Austin Allen. I don't know what it is, Ray. I mean, this dude is so freaking talented.
1: He's he a gunslinger. 50,
0: 15 touchdowns. He's got five five eye interceptions, but I just don't care. My boy is a stunner. But the problem is Ole Miss, they've been in difficult games. They've won a couple, but they've lost a couple, but I just think there's enough. Look, so many guys went to the pros, right? But Chad Kelly and, and, and some of their weapons, there's enough studs. And Judd is one of their studs. You know what I mean? There's enough studs on the outside, the running backs, that they can go into Arkansas, sweet. So care of them, but I think it's going to be a classic game. This is this, this to me is the, the the best game of the weekend. You got to watch it. You know, Stanford Notre Dame would have been if nobody choked and messed up. But we can't even really talk about them. They're both depressing us because, you know, we love Stanford and and you know David Shaw and two of them are great coaches and Kelly. But this one right here, Hugh Freeze gets enough going to 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 go on the road. And keep themselves in the conversation to be a top ten, maybe a top seven or eight team before it's all said and done. Ole Miss beats Arkansas. Ray, you ready for this one? This is going to blow your mind.
1: I'm ready. Give it to me.
0: 44-41.
1: Wow. Oh, man,
0: over Arkansas. This, is, this over. is the game that you you got to watch Saturday night or Saturday late afternoon or whatever comes on. You're like, this game is going to be fun. That's what i got for you.
1: So you it? Here, here's what's interesting. So so you you, you named all the on-the-field stuff, and, and I think ultimately it's going to come down to who's your guy because it's going to be who has the ball – You know, in the fourth quarter, is it going to be Austin Allen or is it going to be Chad Kelly? And I think both of those cats can sling the ball. And my gut is that Chad Kelly, a little more experienced, been there, done that. Now, here's the the off-the-field stuff. Remember that Arkansas won this game last year, so you know Ole Miss is carrying a grudge. And Ole Miss is coming off of four straight home games. So this is their first road game. Uh, they did play against Florida State opening up in Orlando, but that wasn't, you know, quote-unquote a neutral site. Neutral site It's kind of a road game, obviously, for being, you know, in the state of Florida. So if this game weren't on a neutral site or an old Miss, I'd definitely take old Miss. But even at Arkansas, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take Old Miss, and I'm going to say Chad Kelly's a little bit better than Austin Allen. Um, both of these teams are, are are very good offensively and very mediocre defensively. Uh <laughs> Ole Miss lost so many good players, you know, in that historic draft. Too much. Yeah, too much. But I still think they have enough offense behind Chad Kelly's right arm that they win uh a shootout, but not like you said. I think, you know, a normal <laughs> shootout. Let's call it <laughs> let's call it uh thirty one twenty seven.
0: A normal shootout, right? Like that—that that is abnormal. But you know what's so funny? We see it every weekend, right? These college football games—I mean, they've been putting up some points. I mean, we can't even talk about Washington and Michigan with the seventy and the seventy-eight. That's just—that's ludicrous. That you know—that should be illegal. But that's
1: ludicrous in a sixty minute night- game.
0: Definitely. Well, the nightcap, Ray. This is uh, this is going to be grown man football because I think. Ohio State is still they are still trying to let everybody know that it's just about them and Bama. They don't want to even hear Deshaun Watson talk. They don't want to hear nothing. It's, all they want to hear about is J.T. Barrett. He's going to be the one in the Heisman, not our boy Lamar Jackson, who's uh, battling Duke right now. I know they were tied 7-7. 7-7. I know. 7-7. Uh, okay. Yeah, they were tied 7-7. And we'll give you a baseball score in a minute. They started that game. But – Ohio State is going up against Wisconsin, and number two is on the road. Now, remember Wisconsin, they were, you know, highly ranked when they played Michigan. But they're battling at number eight, Wisconsin. And my issue is they're not going to be able to move the ball. They will be able to run it a little bit, but the Ohio State secondary is too dynamic, and this quarterback is not going to be ready. They they might even take one or two to the house or at least pick them off a couple times, Houston. And I think – at the end of the day, Weber, Barrett, the efficiency, the, the running the ball, their offensive line is, is a little bit superior. And I think you're going to see Ohio State kind of pull away and put it on Wisconsin. I think it will be a slugfest for the first half, kind of low scoring like 17-17. And then I think they wind up just winning 30, 31. I'll go Ohio State over Wisconsin.
1: So Wisconsin is an enigma because Mm -hmm. we didn't think they were that good when they beat LSU. Then we said, wait a minute, these guys can play. They've been beaten up. They beat up on Michigan State, and maybe we thought a little too highly of Michigan State. But I think you're right that – they're really two elite coaches and two elite franchises in college football. Jim Harbaugh's trying to make Michigan the third one, but right now, it's They're all common. Alabama. <laughs> it's all about Alabama and Ohio State, and all about those two head coaches. So Urban Meyer has them programmed and trained and talk about. You know, we talked about. See, this is the difference between Ole Miss and an SEC team, a fabulous football team, and Ohio State. Ohio State loses a record number of people to the NFL, and they just reload. And they just reshuffle the deck. Next man up, let's go. And <laughs> Basically. that's why Urban Meyer is going to go down with our boy. Now, he left, uh, you know, had a couple years off and, and, and did his thing. But he he's going to go down, because he's doing it at two schools, he's going to go down with our boy Nick Saban as the co-Belichicks of the, you know, of the modern era. <laughs> and these two are like just unbelievable. That. I think he, he puts it on Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's Ooh. defense really good. They'll keep it close for the first quarter, quarter and a half. But I think ultimately those athletes, they're just going to go and go and go and go. And I think that Ohio State wins something fierce like, I'll say, 41-21.
0: Mm. You're being you're being a little rough on them, huh? Yeah, it's
1: little, just too little, much.
0: Yeah, I I feel you. I I, I figured maybe you know let keep it a little bit going in the first half. But you're right. It's it it's just gonna be too much. Way way too much. So we got our segment on the rise. I think we did it a long time ago last season, but it's a player or a team that's been kind of maybe struggling or nobody's heard of, or even seen. And now they're coming up and they need to be recognized and they are on the rise and they are going to be, there's going to be an alert for who they are and where they're coming, you know, where where they're going because they're the real deal. So, Ray, I'm going to start because the guy that I got, he plays number 20 West Virginia this week. And this guy, I'm going to give you so much on the rise that he's a junior, 6'3", almost maybe 6'3 a half, two thirty. 230. In his career, he's a junior. He's thrown for 80 over 8,400 yards, over 70. He's got 72 touchdowns. Only 23 picks has four this year, and 20 touchdowns. He is leading college football in passing 2,274 yards. Patrick Mahomes of the Texas Tech Red Raiders is going to, at home, beat West Virginia. He is going to find his way in the first round of the draft, and potentially he he might even get a couple of Heisman votes. This kid is that good. He's the real deal. I love watching the Red Raiders anytime I can see him on TV cuz he's so entertaining. And just so you know, it's Patrick Mahomes the second. Okay, number 5 in your program, number 1 in the Red Raiders' hearts. This kid's on the rise. He might pass Watson and Kaiser and and and, and um Kaya as, as you know, the, the, the three quarterbacks in the draft, we'll see what happens. You know, he won't play in the senior bowl. We'll see him in the combine. But, Ray, watch out, because Patrick Mahomes, Texas Tech, is going to be playing on Sundays next year, I believe, in the NFL, and he is on the rise. They will upset West Virginia this week, and he's going to keep on keeping on and balling. That's my guy.
1: Okay. I can't be mad at that. I'm going to tell you something that – in some ways, it hurts my heart what I'm about to say.
0: because
1: uh, you know. Should,
0: should I get a tissue?
1: Cat, yeah, you should get a tissue. Go get one. I'll give you. I'll wait a couple seconds. Go get yourself a tissue. Running back position in the NFL is just brutal. Because you fall in love with these guys, and then you know that once they have that 400-carry season, or once they hit 30, or once they hit a certain number of carries, they just hit the wall. And unfortunately for this guy in Minnesota, I believe that Adrian Peterson is that guy. And he's hit the wall. And he is about to be eclipsed by a young up-and-comer named Jarek McKinnon. Now, he's had a slow start so far to this year, and he's got Matt Asiata breathing down his neck a little bit. Their games are totally different. Asiata's more of a goal-line guy, so McKinnon probably on a fantasy level, especially if you don't have – you know, PPR, he'll probably hurt you a little bit on those goal lines. But
0: <laughs>
1: I believe that this young fella, five nine two fifteen, 215, built like a rock, he's ready. He's ready to step up. He's ready to take over as the number one lead dog, he'll never be Adrian Peterson. But I think because he's young, I think because he can play uh, in the passing game, I think because he's cheaper than Adrian Peterson. Let's be honest, that's what's going to happen. Adrian Peterson was 18 million against the cap next year? So can't do that next year. Can't do it. Can't do it. So I believe that Jarek McKinnon is going to step up,
0: is going to step
1: up, and become <laughs> the Ron Studd running back for the Minnesota Vikings and basically force their hand to let Adrian go. So wow. Jerry McKinnon on the rise, Minnesota Vikings, undefeated Minnesota Vikings.
0: Potential Super Bowl champion, Minnesota Vikings. Can you imagine that? Do you think Adrian would get back, though, in the playoffs and potentially, you know, maybe walk off from the Vikings with getting that ring? Could happen. Their own
1: better style, probably. I mean, I, I don't think that.
0: Could, yeah.
1: I don't think they they have malicious intent there in in Minnesota. I right. think no, The no, economics no. are yeah, what They want they are. him back. And this guy. Yeah, and we were talking to uh, Daniel House
0: about that. Yeah, that they they want him back, just not for that money, and maybe he re- renegotiates, or maybe he's, you know, playing next year somewhere else. It's it's going to be fascinating. And if it wasn't for Ezekiel so,
1: Elliott, you could say he'd be playing next year in Dallas because Jerry ooh. Jones has always loved him.
0: Hey, he could go to Seattle, Ray.
1: Palace Texas. Some
0: spots. He could house some spots in Seattle and play with Russell, last name Wilson. So before we bounce, and it's going to be a, a very good sports weekend, Ray brought up something, and we got to talk about the, the studio show. So do you like Hasselback? Look, Boomer's still Boomer. He, they're trying to make him younger and hipper. It's kind of weird. Maybe it's just the commercials, right? they got the Fat Joe joint with a French Mantana uh, all the way up. So it's, it's dope, but Charles Woodson, Randy Moss, Matthew Hasselbeck, and Trent Dilfer—two quarterbacks, a receiver, and a corner—two Hall of Famers. The two quarterbacks are just kind of average. They both, you know, one won a Super Bowl, one lost the Super Bowl to my Steelers what's your feel? Do they need more time? Do you like them? Do you totally hate it? Do you need to, like, enter, like, put in another piece and take out one of the pieces? What's your thoughts so far?
1: I'm not a big fan, I have to be honest with you. And I can't say that I don't like these guys individually because I I think they're all a little, they all have their shtick and they all have their charm and, and they all obviously have something to say. but right. I feel like it's, it's too not, much change. You should have left maybe Tom yeah. Jackson for another year or two, or you should have just something Keyshawn, yeah. Keyshawn like a carryover from the old guard to the new guard. Totally to, agree. And Boomer It's drastic.
0: Just it's shocking. Thumped. It's shocking
1: out of place because boomers a he, he kind of feeds off the other guys but he's got no chemistry with these guys so you know maybe in three years it'll be great but it was just too sudden and, and i don't know if they did it because they were slipping in the ratings the, you know nfl network versus maybe nfl network
0: i gotta tell you the pre-game in the morning you just have to watch nfl network because rich eisen that's our guy he's great you know, what is he, a year or two older than us, Michigan alum, but he's fantastic, been on the NFL Network, you know, from the beginning. He uh, started it. Yeah, yeah deep. started And then, but then in the morning you've got Kurt Warner, solid, maybe gets the Hall of Fame this year, we'll see, Michael Irving, Steve Mariucci, Marshall Falk, and I think, yeah, they added uh, Reggie Wayne, and it, they're hilarious. You know, Reggie sort of because Dion does the prime time at the end with Damian Thomas and Marshall used to do that with him last year, but now solid. It's uh, you know and
1: they got Deion. Hall of Famers one after the other. But
0: they got Hall of Famers everywhere. LT is about to go in this year, but I, I think you know and Reggie will get in eventually in you know five years or six years, whatever it takes. But. You're right. I mean, the humor, the comedy between uh, Marshall, Kurt Warner, more of a straight guy, but he gets funny with Rich Eisen and Michael Irving. They're funny. They're knowledgeable. Steve Mariucci gives you the coach side. You know, I I would like to see um, maybe ESPN, they don't have Dick anymore, but maybe they find a young coach that isn't coaching anymore. You know, I mean, they can't take Brian, uh, Bill, uh, Brian Belichick or Brian Billick because he's on NFL Network. But they've got to find they got to find their coach cower, right? Right. You know, I don't know if Tom Coughlin would want to do it. I don't know if he'd be right. But they, I feel like they just need a, a different twist. And maybe they don't need Dilfer and Hasselbeck. Maybe one quarterback. I, you know, I don't know what it is. It's, it's you know. Moss is okay. Woodson's a little stiff, but he's knowledgeable. So I, I, I like that, and we'll he's all famous. What about the you I mean, Are
1: you the ascots? Uh, Woody maybe like a once a
0: month. Maybe once uh-huh. a month, not every week. Yeah, I think <laughs> you overdoing it. it, overdoing it yeah. with the ascots. <laughs> So anyway, you know, just our, our two cents, you know, we, you know, and I don't like the CBS crew anymore either with Boomer and Gonzalez and Bart Scott, or, you know, it's kind of weird. They, I don't, not that I watch CBS or Fox, you know, Fox is kind of solid with, you know, uh, Bradshaw and Howie Long and, you know, Hand, their guys, Jimmy Johnson—they've got a good mix, right? A coach, a defense, and this—you know—they've got a good mix. But I think right now, NFL Network might have the best studio show, by by a lot.
1: Yeah, a I, lot. I would agree. So,
0: so that's our two cents. You know, I mean, maybe they throw in a little Ray and Tay, You know, they have the little five-minute sidebar. You know, something different, something new. I I could see that working too. Uh, that could spice up, uh, you know, and, and I think we we connect with Boomer because you know those guys were playing, we were watching Boomer, so we know what Boomer likes to say, you know. We've been, we've been with Boomer since the beginning, you know. So right, take a feed Boomer all day, right? We could set mm-hmm. him up, we could, you know, be like, hey Boomer, you're picking the Niners and the Bills again for the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? These guys circle don't even know, like you know. Waggons, circle <laughs> the wagons. We could set him up, you know. That's why I miss Tom Jackson. They, you're right. They should never. Even if you want to get rid of Chris Carter and Keyshawn and Dicka, uh, you know maybe it was time. But Some you can't get rid of exactly other back. than
1: Berman. I yeah. mean, Berman's the guy. And Tom is
0: just, and Tom is glue. It's not like he was slipping. He was great, and he's just so knowledgeable and he's passionate. And he, he was like the glue guy, you know. So anyway, enjoy the games. Uh, we'll be back Monday. And um, hey, thanks for
1: listening and talking sports with friends. Have a great sports weekend.